For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Baseball's hot stove league is underway with free agency having started on Sunday and award season beginning today, Monday, November 2nd. Over the next two weeks, MLB Network and ESPN will have exclusive live announcements of the end-of-season awards. On Monday, November 2nd at 6 p.m. Eastern, the 2020 Baseball Writers Association of America Awards finalists will be announced live on MLB Network. On Tuesday, November 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern, ESPN will televise the Rawlings Gold Glove Awards show, live from its Bristol, Connecticut studios, with host Carl Ravitch and five-time Gold Glove winner Mark Deschera. The list of finalists proves Chicago is a city of web gems. The Cubs lead National League finalists with seven, while the White Sox lead the American League with five finalists. All told, 24 MLB clubs are represented among the finalists. The 18 winners will be in the running for the Rawlings Platinum Glove Award for the best defensive player in each league. After the show, fans may vote for the Platinum Glove Award winners at Rawlings.com. The remaining award shows will air on MLB Network, with each broadcast live at 6 p.m. Eastern. On Thursday, November 5th, it's the Silver Slugger Awards presented by Louisville Slugger. Friday, November 6th, brings the Rawlings Platinum and Team Gold Glove Awards. Next week is BBWAA Awards Week on MLB Network. On Monday, November 9th, the Jackie Robinson Rookies of the Year will be crowned. On Tuesday, November 10th, the Managers of the Year will be named. The Cy Young Awards will be given on Wednesday, November 11th, followed by the Most Valuable Players on Thursday, November 12th. Beginning the week of December 7th, the All-MLB team presented by Cone Resnick will be unveiled. The shows will recognize and commemorate the top performances by players in the 2020 regular season. Fan voting is underway for the first and second teams in each league. Log on to MLB.com and cast your ballot through Friday, November 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern when the online polls close. As we look back at the unique 2020 season defined by the COVID-19 pandemic, Bob Costas, the 2018 recipient of the Ford C. Frick Award, presented annually for excellence in broadcasting by the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum, put Game 6 of the World Series in perspective on The Rich Eisen Show, which airs weekdays at noon Eastern on NBC's Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 211. Baseball has survived past pandemics and world wars, and in his answer, Costas gives us hope that the game and debates about it will continue after the coronavirus subsides. When asked by Eisen to address COVID-positive Justin Turner's return to the field, or Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Blake Snell being lifted, Costas chooses the latter. An early adopter of analytics, Costas recalls how former Yankees manager Joe Torre told his general manager Brian Cashman that you gotta have heart too. 
In his response, Costas also recalls two Hall of Fame pitchers that we lost this year, Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver. This exchange serves as a capstone, providing hope for life beyond the virus as we balance the roles of analytics and heart in seasons to come. Here's Rich Eisen and Bob Costas from Thursday, October 29th. How do you want to handle this? Because yesterday when I came on the air yesterday, I thought, do I talk about the analytics conversation or the way that it ended with Justin Turner? So which do you think is the uh, more lasting and lingering conversation, do you think, Bob, from Game 6? Well, unless unless the nearly unthinkable happens, which is that people aren't just inconvenienced and rolling their eyes about Justin Turner, but that, that someone becomes seriously ill, unless that happens... I think actually the analytics conversation, which is not more important than anyone's health, right. but it's just more likely to be uh, a story that continues beyond this moment because it affects the future of the game. Let me preface this by saying yes. that everyone in baseball thinks that Kevin Cash is a terrific guy and a very good manager, and it is impossible that he made that decision on his own. This game was scripted beforehand the way so many games are scripted beforehand in consultation with the front office. Analytics, this is not a get-off-my-lawn thing. (laughs) Analytics are important, just in case anybody's wondering. I think I was the first person who ever mentioned Bill James' name on national television in the early 80s when I was doing the Game of the Week on NBC. I was fascinated by Bill James and sabermetrics even then. It's a very important part of evaluating players, if you're talking about the Hall of Fame, or you're making decisions within a game, or you're acquiring players, or deciding who you're going to re-sign, it's very important that everybody in baseball have a sense of what the importance of analytics is and use it as a tool. But it can't be the be-all and end-all. Blake Snell was dealing. Not only was he dealing, he hadn't thrown that many pitches, just over 70. If you were keeping score, take a look at the scorecard. The three guys he was about to face, yeah, it was the third time through the lineup. He'd faced each of them twice. He'd struck them all out twice. Six at-bats, six Ks. They were a combined, I don't know what it was, two for 13 against him in his two starts. Now, you can say that Nick Anderson was the best reliever in the American League in the short 60-game season, and that's true. You can say that, generally speaking, third time through the lineup is a red flag in modern baseball. But Nick Anderson had allowed a run, at least a run, in all six of his previous postseason appearances. And this is where I think of what Joe Torre said to Brian Cashman once. And no one doubts that Brian Cashman is a very good GM with the Yankees. But at one point, when Joe was managing the Yankees, he said, Brian, remember, this game has a heartbeat. This game is not being played on computers. It's being played by human beings. Blake Snell is on the mound. He's dealing, and his confidence is rightly high. Nick Anderson is also a human being, even though he's a professional. Does he walk in with the same level of confidence after six consecutive appearances, after an ERA of half a run during the regular season, but now he's been scored upon in each of his previous six appearances in the postseason? How do you how do you weigh Nick Anderson's confidence level against Blake Snell's? And look, if you and I, when we were kids, are playing Stratomatic, 
then Blake Snell's card in Stratomatic <laughs> is the same every single time you plop it down. Right. Okay? Yes. Every single time, the probabilities are the same. <laughs> yes. But every player, whether he's a run-of-the-mill player or a Hall of Fame player, has days and nights when they're not quite as good as their average and some where they're better than their average. There were some days and nights when Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson were even better than usual and a handful of days and nights when they were less good than their Hall of Fame norm. If you can't see that with your eyes and act upon it, we've gone nuts. You know what, Bob? I mean, that that's <laughs> they're standing and, and applauding you here in the studio, Bob Costas. Here on the show, uh, you know, and it's it's. Fun. Hey, I want to add one more thing. Go Rich, for it, so sure. You stand up and applaud again. Yes, sir. <laughs> I understand the. I, I've stipulated the importance of analytics. Yes. But I'll also say this: that analytics may work in the big picture. It didn't work for Kevin Cash the other night, um, and it wasn't a second guess. Almost everybody, I'm sure, in the press box, and I'm sitting at home watching, saying, "What the heck is he doing?" Okay, so it wasn't a second guess. But analytics are important in the big picture, as I've stipulated. But very often, analytics work against baseball as an entertainment product. The pace of play is the most important thing. And the way the game is approached now, with battalions of relievers, with an all-or-nothing approach too often at the plate, which yields many strikeouts, fewer balls in play, deeper counts, and you're getting games that last an eternity. Baseball is supposed to have a pleasing leisurely pace, not a lethargic pace. Few people like baseball more than I do. But think about this. In 1960, and this is not saying, hey, go back to the way they played baseball in 1960, but it's a good point of comparison. Famous Game 7 of the World Series. Pirates 10, Yankees 9. Took, I think, two hours and 33 minutes. Something like that, between two and a half and 235. 10 to 9 is the score. Early in the playoffs this year, the Yankees and Cleveland, <clears throat> pardon me, the Yankees win the game 10 to 9. Four hours mm. and 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. And before somebody says there was a rain delay, I'm subtracting the 31 That's minute right. rain delay. That's right. <laughs> Four hours, 55 minutes, same score, twice as long. Twice as long. This is baseball's main problem. And you can point to first base on an intentional walk and save 12 seconds or something, or you can really get down to the nitty-gritty. Pitch clock with nobody on base and reexamining some of the way the game is approached because it's hurting baseball as an entertainment product. And now, as I finish this rant, think about this. Yes, Bob. Blake Snell has never thrown a complete game in his life. Neither has Tyler Glass now. Charlie Morton of the Rays last threw a complete game, the third of his career, in 2011. There are going to be guys who someday make the Hall of Fame who have never stood on the mound when a big, important game that stays in the minds and imagination of fans ends. The greatest, the greatest pitchers of the era will never have an image like Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson finishing off a World Series or important playoff game, of Tom Seaver wiping his brow in the eighth inning when he faces Willie Stargell, and he's thinking, what did he hit the double off me in the third inning? What did I strike him out with in the sixth inning? And Stargell's thinking the same thing, and any good broadcaster is framing that drama 
This approach works against baseball as theater. Watch The Rich Eisen Show, an Emmy-nominated sports talk show, streaming live on NBC's Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 211, Monday through Friday, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. And find us everywhere you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hodum. H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.